Welcome back to See Here Feel. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Ellie Stilwell. Dr. Ellie Stilwell is an assistant professor of management in the Department of Management at the London School of Economics and Political Science. She obtained her PhD in business administration from the University of Minnesota and was previously a visiting assistant professor in the management and organizational development group at Northeastern University. She has expertise in employee mental health, stress, well-being, organizational culture, identity, and inclusion. She has written on the effects of grief and compassionate action at work. In addition to grief as an emotion, she also is interested in gratitude, pride, envy, and remorse. Welcome to Ellie. Hi, thanks for having me. Would you mind sharing a personal anecdote? This is actually my one-year anniversary at the London School of Economics. I moved here about a year ago, and I've been loving London so far, really enjoying the different kind of work culture and the different things you can do in London as opposed to different parts of the U.S. I've lived in. That's what I'm celebrating today, my first year. That's wonderful. You've studied work and non-work relationships because emotions link people and their environments. Work has become so much a part of most people's daily lives. It's an economic reality that we have to work. And as part of that, we've become more enmeshed in our work networks, especially as we have hybrid work environments and things like this. Work relationships actually make up a big chunk of our emotional and social support network. Emotions and relationships become so important at this kind of work-non-work interface. When I talk about emotions, the perspective that I take is that emotions serve a social function to help us connect with people, to communicate how we're feeling with people. Emotions have social functions that they play in social relationships. So when we express emotions at work, what we're doing is we're trying to connect with someone on that kind of social emotional level of you need to understand me as a person, as a human. Could you talk about how grief and compassionate action affect the workplace? I originally got into grief research because I was experiencing grief myself during my PhD. My grandma on my mom's side passed away. And soon after, about a year later, my grandpa passed away. We don't really know how to talk about grief at work. There's this kind of assumption that you are going to take your three days of leave, which is typically about the amount of time that organizations give people is around three days. Then you're going to come back and you may get some sympathy for it, or the expectation may be that you've dealt with it and you've moved on. And so for me, when I got into this area, I really realized we didn't know a lot about what grief does at work, because the assumption was there wasn't a lot of grief at work. We're grieving at home. One of the things that kind of drove me to this work was wanting to understand how people do deal with those emotions when you can't leave them at home. From my personal experience, part of being able to finish my PhD was actually switching topics and really leaning into understanding what we know about grief at work and what we don't. We don't know a lot, but what we know is that grief does come into the workplace and it has an impact for not only our emotions and our cognitions and our mood at work, but it can also impact our work relationships, how we relate with others, how we relate with our clients. Ultimately, it can contribute to either we go forward in our career and we progress, or maybe we even take a pause and take a completely different career direction depending on what kind of loss we've experienced, right? Grief can be hugely impactful on any part of the career process, both on our day-to-day experience at work, and it can also influence how we think about our work moving forward and the career paths we choose to take moving forward. 
like you said, if you are grieving about something, whatever loss it is, like you were saying, whether it's a pet or a family member or job or some other event, illness, that you are just supposed to do that at home or on your off-duty hours. I agree with you. I'm not sure that I'm really able to do that. I know for my part, I definitely wasn't able to keep all of my grief at home. The emotion of grief comes out of the emotion of attachment and of love. The more attached you are to something or to someone, the more intensely we imagine that your grief is going to be. It's helpful to keep in mind that grief is a natural process and it's a natural emotion that we as social creatures go through whenever we're separated or parted from something that we're attached to. It's part of the process of loving someone and being attached to people and being attached to things is that when we lose them, that hurts. And that's hard to leave at home. Yeah. I recently have been going through some medical issues and I feel like that I've also been grieving. I wouldn't have expected to, but I don't know. It feels like grief to me. I don't know if I'm grieving for lost time or lost health, although I'm better now. I think your experience probably aligns with the experience of a lot of people who are going through either changing health issues or dealing with a new chronic condition. One of the projects that I'm working on at the moment is we're looking at how folks with long haul COVID symptoms are dealing with not only the change to their sense of self and identity, but also thinking about how do they feel they're being perceived at work. We still have this chunk of the population that's dealing with these long COVID symptoms that are varying degrees of accepted within the medical community, right? One of the things we, we do ask them about is a sense of loss. One of the things that comes up is the sense that if they didn't have pre-existing health problems, it's that shock, right, of, oh, not only mortality salience, but this is something that's going to impact me moving forward. And also just having this feeling that they either can't quite get back to where they were at work or people are seeing them differently. They've lost this sense of themselves. They don't really know their limits quite as much anymore. Or sometimes they have to take breaks when they wouldn't have had to previously. There's a lot of kind of this, I was like this before, but now I'm not. And so whether or not we can name that loss, it is a sense of loss in what we could personally do, what we can expect of ourselves, especially for folks that had a tie to any athletic identity or something like that. When you lose that kind of, I used to do sports and now I can't. There's a lot of loss that goes in with health change in general. I love what you just said, because I think definitely when you touched on long COVID symptoms and how some of them aren't so accepted in the medical community. What's interesting to me is I think in general, the medical community in a way doesn't accept illness at all. Our goal is to cure people, to fix the problems, to make people better. That is a good goal, really a focus on, okay, this is a problem or this is a symptom and how do I just fix that? But as a doctor, I'm failing all the time because I can't cure everyone. As you mentioned, long COVID symptoms or just other chronic conditions, they are chronic. And we actually don't have cures for a lot of diseases, sadly, and probably to my as well as my patient's detriment. I wouldn't really think about the emotions and definitely not grief involved in any illness that someone's experiencing. In the workplace, we've slowly been moving out of kind of the leave your life at home world of work. In some sense, we're still expecting employees to leave their emotional lives at home. And so leaders aren't necessarily 
prepared to deal with emotions when they come up at work. In particular, negative and difficult emotions like anger or grief. The workplace is typically a very keep it positive, with right. a smile kind of place, right? Grief in particular, how do we talk about grief at work? Sometimes you'll get the, why do we need to talk about grief at work? What's it got to do with the workplace? If you're working in organizations that are adjacent to a lot of death and pain, then part of your daily work is dealing with the emotional pain of others, Um, learning how to deal with these emotions, not only as a person, but also as a leader is one place I really think that our science around organizations and leadership could grow quite a bit is how to help leaders not only manage other people's emotions, but their own as well. I think you're right that a reason to talk about feelings at work with colleagues is that sort of maybe a first step to learning how to deal with a difficult emotion in maybe a slightly lower stake environment than if you're talking about it to a patient about about their really poor prognosis or something like that. An additional kind of complicating factor here is this idea of timelines, right? I think in most careers and in medicine and people's lives, we like to have some sense of, all right, so I've gone through this. It's going to take me six weeks or something to recover. With grief, sometimes we talk about this year timeline where, you know, in about a year, we expect the most intense symptoms to have subsided. And I think the modern research on grief is really showing that this timeline doesn't necessarily weigh out. A lot of it has to do with the personal connection with the griever, with the person who's had the loss, right? But we still have this kind of perception that three days is enough for bereavement leave. You can go to your funeral and come back and you're good. And that your grief emotions have a conclusion and that should conclude within a foreseeable future. Going back to my grandparents' example, my grandma died fairly unexpectedly, and then my grandpa declined in health over the next year. And so it's one where the timing of losses can cascade like that. Grief isn't necessarily a simple timeline of you're going to get better by X date. Yeah. Or if you're not better by this date, you're just being difficult and melodramatic or dramatic. Do you have simple tips for people if they want to start? addressing grief in the workplace a little better or more optimally? I can try. It's one of those where when you're dealing with grief, it really depends on the person who's experiencing it. If you're trying to help someone who's grieving, something as simple as just acknowledging that the loss has happened, either signing a card or just checking in. That process of acknowledging the loss and recognizing that you've gone through something and whether it's a card or I check in and say, hey, like, that initial recognition of the loss is actually hugely important. From there, like really just trying to genuinely check in. How are you doing today? How are things at home? And not necessarily like asking about the loss specifically, but if, for instance, if someone's lost someone and you know that they have family responsibilities, it can be something around how are kids doing? Just that regular check-in. One thing that we experience a lot with grief is this kind of diminishing returns of support right? Which I think a lot of times we might talk about in terms of compassion fatigue, but really I think people just don't recognize that maybe I still need support months and months later, even if it's just a little check-in. I think the last thing I would say is making sure that when you're offering support, you're offering it from a genuine, compassionate, supportive place and not trying to explain away someone's grief. So for instance, if my grandparents were 95 to 100 years old, you may have some people that try and comfort you by saying, wow, they live such a great life, but focusing on you shouldn't be sad because 
is not the way to necessarily comfort someone who's grieving. So really make sure that you're acknowledging the loss, you're recognizing that there was a loss and you're talking about it. You're not afraid to talk about it to providing that emotional support and continuing to follow up with that person, even just little check-ins. And three, make sure that your support is as supportive and compassionate and as least judgmental as you can possibly manage. There's a lot of grief that I think is unspoken and not really talked about in healthcare. Would you have any recommendations on how to change that culture? Culture change can be really difficult, right? Because a lot of it is systemic issues that prevent us from having more humanistic systems. But I think from the individual level within healthcare settings, what people can do is even just practice that kind of act of self-compassion of acknowledging when you're feeling difficult emotions. The problem is when we don't take time to recognize that we still felt that emotion, right? When we completely shut down an emotion and don't let it surface at all, that's when we see heightened levels of burnout. It can really cascade into difficult things. I think sometimes we have this perception that folks in healthcare are immune to working in these difficult environments, recognizing within teams that we need to take some time. And if we had a difficult week, let's debrief and let's talk about this from an emotional standpoint or something like that. Or let's meet beforehand and have breakfast. Or I think a lot of debriefing sessions, which I think are already a part of a lot of systems in healthcare, can be turned into kind of these compassionate sessions of letting people vent, letting people talk about what was difficult, trying to create micro safe spaces or micro kind of pockets of support that people can lean into. A lot of that culture really starts bottom up, starting with acknowledging your own emotions, acknowledge other people's emotions, and try and turn some of the debriefing sessions around patient pain and things like that into kind of emotional debriefing sessions for the teams involved. And outside of maybe punitive action, really just trying to get at, how are you feeling? Because we know burnout is a huge problem in the healthcare industry. Recognizing ways to reduce that is really important. There's a sort of misconception that really talking about emotions leads to burnout for healthcare. So avoid empathy and empathizing too much with patients because then you will burn out. Yeah, that misconception or that perception that in order to be successful, I need to suppress my emotions a certain amount is again, going back to the reason we grieve is because we care, right? And so If I am trying to reduce the amount that I'm grieving, I'm trying to separate myself from the caring component as well. The reason we grieve is because we care. Do you have any final thoughts? Thank you for inviting me to talk about this stuff. I I think having these conversations is really important. Thank you so much for spending time to do this. Yeah, thank you.